Support comes from the San Juan Islands. Spring in the San Juans can provide time to slow down and savor the scenery of quiet beaches, hiking, biking, and whale watching on Lopez, Orcas, and San Juan Island and Friday Harbor. Learn more at visitsanjuans.com. Set your mind to island time. Hi, it's Bill Radke, host of KUOW's Week in Review. Once a week, I take a word or phrase we've been hearing in the news and I ask what those words say about us. This week's phrase? Dive bar. My family, my dogs, and a dive bar. Hanging out in dive bars. Dive bar. Last week, Seattle chef Ethan Stoll's restaurant group bought the Attic Ale House in Madison Park. It's a friendly neighborhood sports bar. You can get a French dip sandwich or a Cobb salad, a Prosecco, or a pink Whitney Cosmo. It's nice. But would you call it a dive bar? I would say definitely not. But the Seattle Times headline reads, Chef Ethan Stoll buys a historic Seattle dive bar. I think it's typical of what's kind of happened to the term dive bar. People are applying that term to any neighborhood bar, tavern. Pub, watering hole. Right. Tom Flynn started working in bars when he was 10. His dad owned one. He tended bar for 15 years. What is a dive bar? Well, I think a dive bar is kind of implied in the name that it's below society. A dive and its customers are both kind of desperate. It's not a place where the well-heeled gather to watch sports, for example, or sing karaoke. Weekly trivia night. <laughs> exactly. Which they have at the Attic Alehouse at Eatery in Madison Park. Right. They serve pretty good food there, or did, and plan to. And dives generally don't serve food. If, if they do serve food, it might be a pizza from a toaster oven or old chips and peanuts, that kind of thing. But certainly not a menu in a, a nice kitchen in back. There certainly isn't craft beer on tap. Generally, you're going to get a cheap bottle of beer, a cheap draft. No fancy cocktails, you know, the kind of cocktails that are a booze and a mixer, bourbon and seven, scotch and ginger, that kind of thing. And I think of there being one bourbon. <laughs> I think of I think of a dive bar as doing the absolute minimum to keep its liquor license and keep the doors open. They're not fixing the hand, the broken hand dryer in the men's room. Exactly. There might be a daily or every couple day appearance of cops looking for people with outstanding warrants or responding to some sort of violence that's happened in the bar. So what happened to the term dive bar? Well, I have a couple of theories. I think in the 80s, people of my generation kind of aspired to find these authentic dive bars, you know, and I think a big part of that was the popularity of the author Charles Bukowski and certainly the movie that was filmed about him, Barfly, starring Mickey Rourke. You know, somebody laid down this rule that everybody's got to do something. They got to be something. Sometimes I just get tired of thinking of all the things that I don't want to do, all the things that I don't want to be. You're not supposed to think about it. I think the whole trick is not to think about it. Then more recently, the television show Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives by Guy Fieri, I think also gave everybody the okay to call anything they wanted a dive if it was just a 
the neighborhood joint. You'll find an entertaining crew serving up stuffed grape leaves, smoked pork benedict, and some killer homemade blueberry pie at a place called Fula's Offshore Cafe. Welcome. Welcome. And Guy Fieri seems so thrilled to be there. What is so attractive to so many of us that we want to call something a dive bar and, and we want to think of ourselves as the kind of person who hangs in a dive bar? Well, I think it's that, you know, um, desire for authenticity, for kind of tasting the other side or slumming it. You know, that's what we used to call it uh, in the 80s and 90s is we were going to go slumming to the, the local dives. I would feel a little guilty about throwing around dive bar because I feel like I'm trying to steal some kind of street credibility, but I'm having a, a craft brew on top of a label that applies to someone who's living an actual life. We're on the same page there. I think there is an air of desperation in dive bars, but I think it's also important to treat the people who work and go there with dignity. You know, um, bars serve an important part, uh, purpose for a lot of people in this country who um, maybe don't have family, don't have a stable home and, um, they find community in bars and dive bars are certainly that way. Um, you know, when you're in a dive bar um, and a big part of it is the community that you find there. People know one another in dive bars. Um, these are the kind of customers that as a bartender, we used to call professionals that, you know, are there when the bar opens and have a set schedule every day and, feel like they have a say in running place. And um, it's kind of a board of directors kind of feeling when you're in a dive bar in the middle of the afternoon. You know, words change, Tom. Why does it matter to you personally whether we call a lot of things a dive bar, including the attic, alehouse, and eatery in Madison Park? You know, I've, I've worked in bars off and on since I was 10 years old. My dad owned a bar. It's something that I kind of learned, you know, as I was learning the trade, I learned about bars. And um, I think that words matter because uh, they allow us to um, show nuance, to show individuality, to um, discern differences. You know, that's absolutely the case with dive bars and taverns or clubs or saloons, what have you. It's not fair to people who have put a lot of work into running a neighborhood tavern, for example, to refer to their hard work as a dive, because I think the term dive does signify something completely different than a neighborhood tavern. I feel like Ethan Stoll is happy to have people call his place a dive bar. (laughs) Right. I agree. I mean, I think this is a battle that I'm losing, you know. Tom Flynn now writes and teaches in Minneapolis. And he's right, we are losing the dive bar battle, but we don't have to surrender. Let's you and me raise a toast to language. Let's choose words that are descriptive and filled with appreciation for what our favorite bar is actually like. And if other people still call it a dive bar, you know what? That's not all bad. At least there is some desire for authenticity, kind of. I mean, some part of us wants to be unpretentious. We want to be in community with our fellow flawed human beings. That's the ideal, right? Coming together and keeping it real with mahogany and brass and bubblegum vodka and ironic bingo. But you know what? At least we like to be together. 
And if you think Tom and I are wrong about dive bars, then let me know that. I'll be back with this series next Monday. Is there a different word you think is an invasive species? Or do you have a phrase you love and you hope doesn't fade away? Let me know what words matter to you. Email me at bradke, B-R-A-D-K-E, at K-U-O-W dot org. And I'll recap the news with you here, too, on the next Week in Review. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.